friends, welcome to another episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and here we go. It's time for yet another solo episode. Today we're going to talk all about establishing routines, setting boundaries, and figuring out what habits can help us be the most productive. But before we dive into all of that, I do have a disclaimer, and that is you need to know that I am not naturally good at any of these things. As it turns out, I don't really have the most natural time management skills, uh, which is something I didn't really know outside of my nine to five office job that I had for over six years. I had jobs in churches, I was a nanny, and then I worked for a business for four years, and I had a pretty set schedule. But once I left those jobs and began taking on some remote work as an independent contractor, which is still what I do now, I'm an independent contractor, I do web design and website management and a bunch of other random things, I learned that I had to be self-motivated in order to get stuff done. I wasn't working within a set time frame, I didn't have a schedule, the only things that I had um, that kept me in any sort of calendar were a few weekly calls and some project deadlines, which is not much. Um, So while I was in my few years of solo traveling, I was working a little bit. It wasn't too much. It was usually about 10 to 20 hours a week. So it was a lot easier for me to find the time to get things done, which was often in the evenings since I was spending so much of my daytime out and about exploring new cities. But when I landed back here in Nashville in the fall of 2019, I started to take on a lot more responsibility and hours with some of my clients and realized that I desperately needed to be better about managing my time because, again, I was not good at it naturally, like at all. But cut to 2020, you know, we got COVID-19. I adopted a dog. Um, I chose to stop working for one of my clients because there was some unhealthy decision making at the top that I wasn't super on board with. Um And from there, just things got a little bit more challenging for me in terms of establishing routines and boundaries and all that sort of stuff. And at that point, you know, I was pretty much stuck at home, as we all were. I was finding myself responsible for another being, which I've never had before. And that, yes, I'm talking about my dog, but still, that's another being I was responsible for the livelihood of. And that was a whole new thing. And I was adjusting to a lighter workload, which understandably increased some financial stress for me. And I was simultaneously working on content creation and building out my first ever online course, The Simple Guide to Solo Travel. It was weird and hard trying to juggle all of those things while trying to have any kind of routine. Um, But I had to figure out a way to make it work so that my days were productive without being overwhelming or lacking boundaries. So that's a lot. But truth be told, I'm still learning so much about routines and boundaries and habits and productivity. And from conversations that I've been having with friends lately, I realized that while some things might work for me, they might not work for other people and vice versa. But being someone that does work remotely, um, regardless of, you know, a global pandemic, I still work remotely. I know how valuable it um, might be for me to be able to share the things that I have tried um, and the habits that have really proven to help me make the most of each day. So all that said, here are some of the things I've been trying over the last year and through quite a bit of trial and error, I have chosen to commit to. So here are some of those routines 
and habits. So the first thing that I've tried to do is establish just a really solid morning routine. I try to wake up around the same time each day, about 6.30 a.m., but to be totally candid, candid? (laughs) To be totally candid, it's usually more like 7. I am probably naturally more of a night owl, but I yearn to be a morning person. I want to be a morning person so badly. So I try to wake up earlier to get a, you know, earlier start on the day. And so that I not only get in as much daylight as possible, especially during the like really dreary winter months here in Nashville, but also so that I can prioritize my quote unquote morning time, which is basically my quiet time. So here is kind of what my typical morning schedule looks like. I try to wake up around 6.30. I usually set a few alarms because I am 100% that person who snoozes so many times. Like I snooze alarms so many. It's embarrassing how many times I can successfully snooze my alarm. Um, I actually recently purchased a standard analog alarm clock that I use for that 6.30 a.m. alarm time. I'm not going to lie. It's quite jarring in the mornings, but I've found it wakes me up a lot better than my phone did. Um, And then I also set another alarm 10 minutes later, so usually around 6.40, on my Google Home Mini, which is on the other side of my bedroom. I have also recently, slash finally, started charging my phone in another corner of my room so that it's nowhere near my bed, so that I don't like pick it up first thing in the morning. Um, but I'm very seriously considering actually charging it in a different room in my house, probably in my kitchen, only because I've realized I will um, turn off my alarms, uh, but then I'll go grab my phone and crawl back into bed. So that's real talk right there. So (laughs) I think I'm going to start charging it in a different room so as to avoid that kind of habitual, um, unhealthy morning scroll situation. Then what I do once my alarms go off and I get up, I wash my face, I put on some leggings and usually a sweatshirt, and I bring a cup of water out into the living room where I do my morning time. So that's when I kind of snuggle up on the couch and Amos usually joins me. It's very sweet. Um, And it's there that I spend some time mood journaling, which is something that my counselor has um, encouraged me to do each day, which has been really great. I do a devotional or two. I follow my Bible reading plan that I started doing in December, which has been really great. It's called Read Scripture. It's an app. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. And then I journal or pray. And during that time, I try to keep my phone on Do Not Disturb um, so that it's not a distraction. And I play some peaceful instrumental music uh, like We or Sleeping at Last. And this time is usually anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes or so. Then after that, I kind of put all that stuff away and I take Amos for a walk. So I put on all the layers I need to. I get Amos's harness on and all that and I take him outside for our walk around the neighborhood. And during that time, I usually pop in my AirPods and listen to um, the NPR podcast up first just to help me stay up to date on kind of the biggest news headlines around the world. It's usually only like 12 to 15 minutes, so it's kind of nice to just get bite-sized news info and then I feel like I know enough about what's going on. I also read the skim in the morning, later in the morning, so that helps me know what's going on in the world. And our walks usually last 
I don't know, 15 to 30 minutes, really depending on the weather. <laughs> if I'm honest, it usually depends on the weather. Then I get back inside and I start getting ready for the day. So if you've been following me on Instagram at all, you likely know that I have been challenging myself over the last few weeks to post daily outfit photos um, to my Instagram stories. And it's kind of hilarious to me how many people have messaged me totally bewildered by the fact that I actually get dressed and put up on makeup most days. Um, the truth is I don't do those things all the time. Um, but like 85% of the time I do. And it's only because if I don't get ready, um, I know that I have like zero motivation to actually do anything productive throughout the day. And there will then be an 82% chance you'll find me taking a nap on my couch around 2 PM. So (laughs) yeah, I get ready. Um, I put on some makeup, I pick out an outfit and yes, that often means jeans and shoes as well. And then I throw my hair into something that resembles acceptable. And then I make my coffee. And sometimes I make breakfast. I'm not a huge breakfast person, but um, yeah, I'll make my coffee for sure. And then maybe grab something quick to eat. And then around 930 is when I kind of start my quote unquote work day. I open my laptop and I spend 30 minutes from 930 till 10 combing through and responding to emails, text messages, Facebook comments, blog comments, that kind of stuff. And then I plan out my day. So that might mean, you know, what clients I want to devote time to that day, what projects need to be worked on, what deadlines I need to meet, what personal things I need to get done. And then I block my calendar for the day. Um, I'll tell you more about calendar blocking in a second, but first I want you to know that like this nicely curated morning schedule doesn't always work out. Like today, for example, I didn't wake up until 8, which is where when my body naturally wants to wake up. It's about 8 o'clock. So I, yeah, didn't wake up till 8, and then I decided to get coffee at Starbucks instead of making my own, and I didn't even sit down at my computer until like 10.45 or 11 o'clock. So as I do with many things in my life, I try to stick to the 80-20 rule, which is 80% of the time I really try to commit to the things um, that I, you know, have set out like a, like a morning schedule. Um, but for the other 20% of the time, there's just a lot of grace. I do the same thing with, um, like sustainable shopping or I don't know, just like little things like that. I, I try to stick to an 80, 20 rule because a hundred, if I'm trying to commit something a hundred percent of the time, I'm a little bit of a rule breaker. Um, so if it's a hundred percent of the time, I feel like I have to do something, I'm not going to do it at all. So if I know there's a little bit of grace there, it's easier for me to stick to something. So anyway, 80, 20 rule. I don't always follow this morning schedule, but my goal is to always follow the morning schedule. So I mentioned calendar blocking. That's another thing that I started doing that has been super helpful in establishing routines and just staying focused on task and being, you know, kind of as productive and efficient as I can. Um, I feel like product productive and like efficient have kind of become like dirty words amongst a creative community, um, especially, but I, I am someone who tends to think, think strategically and I love efficiency. I am someone who wants to work smarter and not harder. I don't want to spend way more time doing something that could be done a lot faster if done a different way. And so it's interesting to me that I actually struggle with time management and establishing routines naturally. Um, and yet I want to be efficient. So all that said, if you hear the word productive or you hear the word efficient, it's not a dirty word. It's really just my way of trying to make the most of each day so that I have more time to devote to the things that I really want to do. So back to calendar blocking. Um, so after I've kind of sorted through the things that I want or need to work on that day, I set blocks on my calendar. Um, so I open up my calendar 
app on my computer and I literally just put in blocks for that day. So like, I'll just give you an example schedule. So I do my, you know, email batching and all that stuff in the morning from 9.30 to 10. Then from 10 to 11.30, I'm going to do work for client A. 11.30 to 12.30, work for client B. And 12.30 to 1.30, I'm going to take a lunch break and make sure that I take Amos for a walk during that time. 1.30 to 2.30, I'm going to go grocery shopping. So I added in a personal errand there. 2.45 to 3.30, I gave myself a little break there just in case of, you know, traffic or something. <laughs> 2.45 to 3.30, work on podcast things. 3.30 to 4, I have a call. 4 to 5.30, I do work for client C. So really, my calendar, when you open it up into like a weekly view even a daily view, you see like all these different colors. So I do color code as well because I find that the visual change in my calendar or the visual difference helps me understand somewhere deep in my subconscious that that's also like, okay, my mind is going to have to change to something else, um, which I find to be very helpful. So anyway, if you were to look at my calendar, you would see all these kind of blocks throughout the day, uh, which I find to be super helpful. Now, I don't always stick to these blocks 100%. There are some days that like, you know, I'm in the middle of a project for client A and I need another 15 minutes. So I'll just kind of adjust my calendar. Um, or you might find I got super distracted and, you know, missed 15 minutes here or there. So I just adjust. It's more of a guideline throughout the day um, so that I can make sure I'm at least getting as much done as possible. So anyway, um, I just think find that being intentional and setting them on my calendar really just helps me to stay more focused on a project or a task for kind of shorter amounts of time. And again, it helps me to prioritize what to work on when and for who. Since I do have more multiple clients and then I have my own stuff like podcast and a course and a blog and all sorts of other stuff, it just helps me to kind of know what is next and what needs to be focused on. Sometimes it's a client, like I said, sometimes it's a personal project um, and I've just found that doing calendar blocking helps me to not neglect my own things while also not foregoing, um, you know, actually working and making money so that I can live because a lot of my creative things don't really make me a lot of money. <laughs> um, okay, so something else that I do along with calendar blocking that has been really, really helpful lately is what I call focused time, which really is just my version of the Pomodoro technique which is just a kind of tool to use to spend really focused and distraction-free time working on something with the use of a timer. Because here's the thing, whether we work in an office or we work at home, it doesn't really matter. The dings and the pings from our phones are constantly trying to distract us and you know pull our attention away from our work. And it's a huge hindrance to I think, like, real focus and productivity. And I don't know about you guys, but I would so prefer to get my work done in a quicker and more efficient way in order to have then more time to spend on the things that I really want to prioritize rather than getting to the end of the day and wondering where it went and why I barely got anything done because I have been there so many times it's embarrassing. So here is what I do when I am trying to uh, do my quote-unquote focus time technique. I put my phone on do not disturb I set a 30-minute timer. I turn my phone over so that the screen is facing down, and then I get to work. And I know that sounds very, very simple, and I honestly think that's probably why it works, because it's so 
freaking simple. Uh, doing this has just really helped me to not mindlessly, you know, tap my screen or scroll through Instagram because I think something in my subconscious knows that, like, if I get through the 30 minutes of just totally focused, productive time, then once the timer goes off, I can pick up my phone and do those things. Or, as I find myself often doing, I just hit a little repeat button once the timer goes off and I do it all over again. It's almost like a challenge and I'm a competitive person by nature, so maybe that's why it works for me. Um, but yeah, I find then I don't just pick up my phone to mindlessly scroll, scroll through apps um, and instead I know like, okay, when this timer goes off, I can take a minute or two to do that or I can take a minute or two to see what texts or emails might have come through or whatever that might be. So anyway, I found that to be so, so helpful. It's not a perfect technique by any means, but wow, it's just like really helped me to get more done a lot faster. And it's given me time to intentionally take what I like to call brain breaks throughout my day. So whether that means, you know, taking Amos for a short walk or making a cup of tea, watering my plants, or using the bathroom. I don't know, just when that timer goes off, it kind of naturally ushers me into a small, oftentimes really simple moment to just kind of change my scenery and simultaneously pull me away from my screen, at least my computer screen. <laughs> but yeah, it's just really nice. It kind of ushers me into a natural little break for the day. So um, even while I'm, like, just this is kind of a fun fact, even while I'm writing a lot of these words that I'm eventually going to be sharing on the podcast, as I'm doing now, that you're now listening to, uh, I used my focus time technique as I was writing all these words out. So it's really fun. I had like 19 minutes left on my timer, and I just kept powering through. So Anyway, it really works, and I really do do it. I don't do it all the time. Sometimes I don't remember to. Sometimes I'm not as disciplined, but when I do, it definitely works. Okay, so I know we've talked about the ways that I have found to really help me structure my mornings, so now I want to tell you a little bit about what I've learned to implement toward the end of my work days and into kind of my evening and my bedtime. So First thing I do is I really try to end my workday around 6 p.m., although I'd prefer for it to be even earlier. That tends to be my most often, like, kind of cutoff time is around 6 p.m. And what I mean by, quote-unquote, ending my workday is it's kind of my goal to no longer use my computer for the rest of the evening by that time. So I found that when I continue to be on my laptop later into the evening, even if I tell myself it's because I'm going to like work on my book or do something for the podcast or whatever it might be, I often end up doing more work for my clients or once again, mindlessly scrolling through different websites. And after already spending so much time behind my screen each day, I really would prefer to do less of that at night. I've also started to, and this might be a little controversial, but I've started to really limit my amount of time I spend streaming, like watching Netflix or Hulu or HBO Max or YouTube or all those things that you can watch videos on. And instead, I've been replacing those um, Netflix binges with reading, journaling, FaceTiming a friend, or kind of putzing around my house, so doing little things around the house. And with the new year, with 2021 starting, I kind of intentionally chose to prioritize doing things that fill me up rather than steal away my time and my energy, which I have found that streaming did a lot of in 2020. I mean... <laughs> Why did I spend so many hours watching Tiger King that I can never, ever get back? 
can anyone relate? Like, that was such a waste of time. So, yeah, I'm just trying to spend my time in the evenings doing things that kind of bring more of a sense of rest and rejuvenation. And I've just realized that streaming and scrolling haven't really provided either of those things in the past. So I'm just aiming to forego those in favors of other activities that do kind of fill me up more than empty me out. Basically, um, what I've kind of imagined this looking like visually uh, in terms of like my work and my rest schedule is kind of following the natural rhythms of the day. So starting my day with the rising of the sun-ish. I don't get up as early as the sun rises. (laughs) But yeah, you know, ish. And then ending it with the setting of the sun. Um, And I really love it. I think it's a really beautiful visual. Like, hey, the, the sunlight is out, it's daytime, it's time to be to work and be productive and focus on those things. And then when the sun sets and it starts to get dark and you want to get cozy, then that's kind of when the laptop shuts and the, you know, the phone hopefully doesn't get used too often and I do other things instead. So I really love it. It's been a really fun visual. So feel free to adopt that if you find that as helpful and beautiful as I do. Beyond that, um, you know, kind of doing those things in the evening to kind of fill me up, I do aim to have a kind of normal bedtime, which I found to be around 10.30 or 11. Like I mentioned earlier, I am a little bit more of a night owl, so I tend to get a second wind anywhere between 9 and 10, but I've been trying to be intentional with the time I go to bed. So I try to stop using my phone 30-ish minutes before bedtime, so around 10 o'clock, and I'm honestly not that great at it, but I am trying, and it's a goal for this year. And like I mentioned before, I do charge my phone away from my bed so that I don't scroll on it right before I go to sleep, because not only is that something that could potentially keep me up longer and waste precious time that I could be sleeping, but also it's like proven to not be good for our brains or our eyes to ingest that much blue light right before bedtime. Not to mention like if we're on social media, there's a whole other kind of psychological and mental game to that as well. So yeah, just not scrolling before bedtime is a huge goal of mine. And like I said earlier too, I am probably starting tonight going to start charging my phone in a totally different room at night so it's even less of a temptation. So instead, when I'm getting into bed, if I am not immediately tired enough to just go to sleep, I'll read. So I have a Kindle, which I find to be really helpful at night because my eyes aren't straining to read um, actual book pages because I have pretty low light in my bedroom when I'm getting into bed. And so I use a Kindle, and then once I start nodding off, I just turn it off and go to sleep. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of my nighttime routine. Another thing I've started implementing recently um, that I've found to be really great for routines and boundaries and productivity, honestly, is Sabbath. And I know I've talked a lot about Sabbath lately, but that's honestly because I've realized just how important it is for us to rest. And in a time and a culture that glorifies the hustle, um, it feels countercultural to literally take a full day each week to do rest to just rest and we all know (laughs) we all know how much I love to go against cultural norms because I think I'm just like a natural born rebel honestly (laughs) um so yeah anyway beyond that what I love about what Sabbath does is um it resets my brain it resets my body it resets my priorities each week it brings me back to my creator it brings me back to a sense of play and joy and fun and it brings me back to creativity 
Um, yeah, I'm just so confident in the fact that I think it fuels the rest of my week. I'm able to then work out of a place of rest and a place of groundedness, which after spending a long season a few years ago doing the exact opposite and burning up at both ends, I know and I'm so confident that the things that I'm creating now and the work that I do now is so much better because I'm coming from a place of rest. I cannot like stress how amazing and I think crucial rest and if you want to call it Sabbath, Sabbath is to our lives, especially if you identify as a Christian. Like, I, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of biblical proof for resting and um, being filled up again to then go do the things that you feel called to do. So if you want to talk more about Sabbath, send me a DM because I love it so much. And one more thing I want to talk to you guys about is setting boundaries. Um, I know that that's something that boundaries is kind of like a hot word, um, but they're so important in absolutely every aspect of our lives. I'm learning so much about boundaries in um, counseling right now. And um, my counselor has me rereading the book boundaries, which is a hard read to get through because it's a lot of like, you read a chapter and then you have to soul search for a while. So it just takes, it's taking me a while to get through it. But boundaries are just so important in every way. And so um, I want to just kind of briefly talk about them because I think that they are kind of crucial to um, having just kind of healthy routines and, um, yeah, being your kind of most productive self. I hate that I said that, but we're going to roll with it. So, um, yeah, let's talk about boundaries. So being an independent contractor has a lot of perks, um, but boundaries are easily, for me at least, one of the hardest parts about being an independent contractor. Um, and honestly, even if I was working from home, but I still worked for like a, a proper kind of traditional company or business, I think it would still be hard to set boundaries. Um, I'm not on a set schedule and neither are most of my clients that I work with, which means that sometimes I'll get messages from them at like 10 or 11 PM or five in the morning because we're in different time zones. And wow, that can be a lot. It can be a lot if I give my time and energy to it in the moment that it comes through. So I've had to learn how to set some personal, professional, and digital boundaries. So here are some of the things that I have done and most of which I still do that I think are super helpful in setting boundaries. So the workday routine that I shared with you guys where I kind of try to get up at a certain time, I start my workday around 9:30 and I end around 6. That's kind of the first and biggest boundary for me. Um I try to let my clients know of those times. Um and then also Sabbath. Sabbath is a big boundary. Most of my clients all of my clients know that I take Fridays off of work. And so they know if they message me, they're not going to hear from me until Saturday. So those are definitely some big boundaries for me. I Another thing I do, I rarely give out my phone number to clients or to people that I work with. Um, some of my people I work with are friends, so they have my phone number. But um, there's just a real understanding that work communication stays in the space where we communicate about work. So that's usually Slack or email. If they have my phone number, they know to only use it, to only text or call if it's like a legitimate emergency. And thus far, there haven't really been any of those, which is good. Um, I'm also, again, upfront and honest about when I work. So they know kind of the time frame during the day in which I work. I also clearly communicate when I'm out or taking time off, just so that everyone has the same kind of expectations. Then there are some digital boundaries I've set that I have found to be so freaking helpful. So one of those is that 
I've actually turned off email notifications on my phone. So yeah, my Gmail app has the little red bubble when I get new emails, but it doesn't make a sound. It doesn't vibrate. It doesn't show me any kind of active notification. Personally, I have four email accounts (laughs) between personal and work emails. And I got to a point a while ago where it was honestly just too much. It was so overwhelming and I would get distracted all the time. So I just shut off notifications for them, like all notifications apart from the red bubble. And I try to only check emails when I'm actually at my computer. Um, Sometimes I'll look on my phone just to kind of see like, who is it for? What is it about? Because if it is something that's really important, I can always respond from my phone. But generally, I try to leave it to when I'm at my laptop. Another thing that I do often, which we already talked about, is I toggle do not disturb on my phone. So I, when I'm doing focus time or even like right now while I'm recording this podcast, I put my phone on do not disturb, which sets a boundary so that I don't pick up my phone when I don't try to work on anything else or I don't get distracted in you know, the specified time. And sometimes I'll even put do not disturb on, on my Slack channels. Cause I have five Slack channels, uh, for different clients and different projects. And so if I'm trying to focus on one thing, I will, um, put do not disturb on some of those channels. And it just helps me to, again, to stay focused and kind of have those boundaries to not get distracted by other things when I'm trying to focus on one thing in particular. So Yeah, that's been really helpful. And then another great way to have digital boundaries is to set up screen time on your iPhone. I don't know if there's an Android equivalent. I'm sure there is, but you can Google um, screen time and it's just a capability where you can turn off certain notifications or app accessibility at any given time. So I do screen time at night. I think it's around 1030. It stops notifying me of things. And then also on Fridays when I Sabbath, I have um, screen time on for I think all of my apps so that I don't get notifications throughout the day, which is really nice. And again, helps me to stay focused on whatever it is I might be working on, even if what I'm working on is just resting (laughs) Um, on those Friday Sabbaths. It's just really helpful to not constantly again, hear those dings and pings on my phone. So those are some of the digital boundaries that I've set. Honestly, boundaries is something that I think you kind of have to figure out what works for you. Um, I think it all really starts with prioritizing what's most important to you. I think that's kind of the most crucial part of establishing routines, setting boundaries, and just being productive is figuring out like what works for you. So everything I've shared might not sound great to you. You might be like, yeah, that's not going to work for me. That's totally okay. I have found these to be the things that work for me. And I have some friends who do some of these things. They do other things that I don't necessarily do. Like I have some friends who, you know, they'll work on one client's thing one day and then a different client's thing the next day, or they'll separate out a day for their own projects throughout the week. Sometimes I do do that. Honestly, the day I'm recording this podcast episode, I actually kind of haven't done any work today and I've only been working on my stuff, like the podcast or my course, um, things like that. So, uh, there are different ways to go about this, to go about, you know, figuring out what routine kind of works for you. Um, what habits you want to start to incorporate in your life to help you stay, um, focused on those things that are priorities for you. Um, but I think it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of, you know, seeing what other people are doing and kind of, um, molding it to your life and your, your preferences, and then just figuring out what works. Uh, and the truth is my kind of thing is always evolving. So I've tried other things that maybe worked for a season, but then stopped working. Um, I've just learned to kind of handle things 
or at least establish routines kind of gracefully and knowing that like it doesn't have to stay this way forever but if it works keep doing it while it works so Anyway, like I said earlier, I'm kind of a rule breaker, so if it's like a all or nothing, sometimes I'm like, well, then I'm not going to do it if I have to do it. So it helps me to know, like, this can change. If this works now and I like it, I can do it. And then if I decide, you know, six months down the line this is no longer working, then I can change it. I can adapt it. I can mold it. I can do something different um, or I can add something in, all that sort of stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to share a little bit of what I found to be super helpful for me in staying focused and productive, especially working from home, um, setting kind of your own schedule. Even if you do work in an office though, where, or, you know, for a company, even if you're working from home, but you're on kind of a set schedule, it can be helpful to do these little things, these little hacks, like doing focused time and putting your phone on do not disturb, or, you know, intentionally taking brain breaks throughout your day just to get away from your computer. And, um, even if it's just two or three minutes to like seriously make that cup of tea or drink a glass of water or eat a snack or whatever it might be like just pulling yourself away can be so helpful in coming back to your computer and feeling more refreshed that so that you can kind of go into work with kind of a renewed um, energy anyway I wanted to share a little bit about that but you guys sent me in some questions on Instagram and so I want to answer some of those for you the truth is actually I know I just covered a lot of information and some of the questions that you guys sent in were probably already answered in the things that I shared. Things like calendar blocking and setting digital boundaries with email and stuff like that. But there are a few more that are a little more particular. So I want to go ahead and answer those for you guys right now. So first question (laughs) is so funny. It's from my friend Caitlin. And she said, how do I stop taking naps? No, really, dot, dot, dot. So (laughs) this is so funny. I know I mentioned at the top, like if I don't get ready for the day, there's a very good chance I will nap. I love naps. I used to call myself the nap queen, which I don't know if I should have admitted that so publicly, but here we are. Um, (laughs) So my advice for not taking so many naps would be, um, first, I'd say you really need to prioritize a way to get a really good night's sleep every night. Um, Only you know kind of what you need in terms of sleep. So figure out what that is and then make that a priority. Like for me, I know I tend to thrive on like seven to eight hours of sleep. So that's my goal is to get at least seven hours of sleep because I know I'm my most pleasant self when I've gotten that. I think another way is to give yourself brain breaks throughout the day. Um, that way you avoid kind of that screen fatigue. Um, I think it helps when you pull your, your eyes away from a screen and you look at something that's kind of physical and tangible. And so finding ways to take a little brain break Saturday and figuring out what those things might be. It might be going for a short walk around the neighborhood. It might be, like I've said, making a cup of tea. It might be going out to run an errand. Like just find those little things that you can do that pull you away from your screen. Because I do think it kind of refreshes and rejuvenates you so that you're not as tired. At least I found that to be true for me. And if all else fails, just drink some more coffee. (laughs) Just drink a little more caffeine. You might be okay. I wouldn't have that be your like long-term solution, but it can help in the short term for sure. Another question um, is how do you keep your phone from distracting you? So I know I already kind of answered this question, but I think it totally bears repeating. Put your phone on do not disturb. I, for the longest time, really only use that feature at night so that my phone didn't wake me up at night. 
But I have found it's way more helpful during the day to put it on Do Not Disturb. Um, It just helps so much to keep you focused. You're not, again, getting dinged and pinged throughout the day. It's not constantly there. And I think some other, you know, if you wanted to go to, like, a more extreme measure, because you could still put it on Do Not Disturb and then pick up your phone. Like, my phone's sitting right here right next to me. I could tap it right now. And look, I have some text messages. So now I'm wondering what people said, and I want to then open it and respond. Um, So one thing you can do, obviously, is turn the screen over, because then even if you tap it, like, you can hear me tapping it right now, I can't see what's on the screen. But if you want to go to more extreme measures, you can put it in a drawer, you can set it in another room, or I've even seen some people get these um, timed locking like cookie jars. They're these, they're like acrylic plastic, and they're the kind that like you push down to seal. But it's really interesting because they have a digital timer on top, and so you set the timer for like 30 minutes, drop your phone in, and then you seal that top, and that lid is locked for 30 minutes like it's locked on your phone is in there and you're not going to get it out for 30 minutes unless you break it um which I think you know if, if that's something you need and something that would be helpful to you to not get so distracted by your phone why not try it I don't know it's a little extreme for me but but uh it could be something that helps so those are some ways to keep your phone from distracting you honestly do not disturb is huge finding ways to just kind of like get your phone out of your sight. Another thing obviously is you can turn off notifications. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't have um, email notifications on my phone, so you can turn off certain notifications throughout your day. That might be helpful to you too. And one more question from my, this is so fun, this is actually from my first college roommate. Hi Greer, hope you're doing well. Um, Her question was, how do I keep from getting bored of a routine? I think that this is such a great question, um, and I don't no, if I really like have a legitimate answer, <laughs> but I would say that if you start getting bored, just change it. Like whatever is within your control to change or adjust in your routine, go for it. Like find a new habit that you can add in or kind of change up the schedule, maybe start a little later or end a little earlier. Maybe find a new way to take brain breaks, like, you know, sort out something that you think you could do for 5 minutes that just totally like makes you feel like a new person, whatever that might be. Or, you know, make some kind of game or challenge out of it. Like I said, doing my little focus time with my timer on my phone is like a challenge, and I love a challenge. So it's really fun to me to think like, all right, don't touch that phone, don't touch that phone. So if you can find ways to make a game or a challenge out of your schedule or your routine, that's a great way to kind of keep it fresh and from getting boring. I haven't quite gotten bored of the routine I currently have but that might be because like I said earlier it's always changing it's always evolving and I know that I can change it I think that's what's helpful is I tell myself and give myself the permission to adjust and evolve as necessary so the other thing is though too I try not to do the same thing every day so like you know maybe on a Wednesday morning I add in a coffee date with a friend or on a Thursday afternoon I say I'm gonna go to the grocery store run an errand it just helps me know that like while my week might still have those routines built in not every day is going to be exactly the same and so if boredom is something that you're facing or something that you like foresee in establishing a routine give yourself the permission to adjust it and change it and find new ways to make it quote-unquote exciting (laughs) I don't know new just ways to like not hate it I guess ways to go into it with like a new uh 
perspective, I suppose. Just finding finding ways to enjoy it. Maybe that's a better way to say it, to enjoy it. <laughs> and just remember that, like, you are in control of your routine for the most part. I mean, barring, like, meetings and calls and any, like, kind of priorities you might have depending on what your work looks like. Um, you have at least a little bit of control to kind of adjust what your days look like. So, yeah, give yourself permission to change it. Okay, guys, I think that's it. <laughs> I hope that this episode has encouraged you to start setting or even switching up your routines to establish some new boundaries or even strengthen the ones you already have and to find the habits that you need to be as productive and fulfilled, honestly, as you hope to be. Again, nothing I've learned or even do now is perfect at all. And it's constantly changing, constantly evolving. But that's honestly the best part about setting up a routine. We are, for the most part, in charge of them. And so we have more control than we think. So I hope that the things I've shared with you have inspired you to prioritize the things that are the most important to you in this season so that you have more time to spend on the things that you really love doing. All right, guys. I will see you back here in two weeks with another solo episode. But until then, and as always, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. 